This is Speaking of Writers on Capital Region Sunday. I'm Steve Richards. The storm on our shores. One Island, Two Soldiers, and the Forgotten Battle of World War II by Marco Masic. May 1943, the Battle of Attu, called the Forgotten Battle by World War II veterans, was raging on the nearly uninhabitable island of Attu in the far western Aleutians of Alaska, a treeless crag that natives call the Cradle of Storms, the place where weather was born. Both American and Japanese forces were fighting in a tired year-long campaign, besieged by a harsh Arctic cold rain and impenetrable fog. It was a military operation stained with agony and blunder that would leave thousands of casualties on both sides. Included in this number was a Japanese medic who left behind a diary that would lead the American soldier who killed him on a 40-year quest across two continents to find redemption for his own tortured soul. Marco Masic is a Pulitzer Prize-winning author of The Big Year and Halfway to Heaven. He's been a journalist for two decades, most recently at the Denver Post, where he was lead writer for the newspaper's Pulitzer Prize in 2000 for his coverage of Columbine and winner of the 2003 National Press Club Award for Environmental Journalism. His freelance stories have been published in Outside and other magazines. He has aired numerous political stories on public affairs and television news programs, makes his home in Denver, Colorado. Happy to have Marco Masic join me now here on Speaking of Writers. Mark, welcome to this program. Thanks for having me. So how did you discover this story? Well, my first book was about competitive bird watching, of all things. <laughs> it turns out that in the 80s and 90s, uh, the greatest single place to spot rare species of birds in North America was this island off of Alaska called Attu, uh, the westernmost island of the Aleutian chain. Uh, so far out there, they actually curved the international dayline around it to keep uh, North America on the same calendar page. It's it's farther west than Fiji. And when I was researching the history of the island, I learned that the Japanese had invaded and conquered it in World War II. I didn't know that Japan had taken part of Alaska during World War II. You know, I, I didn't know that it was the first U.S. soil lost since the War of 1812. Uh, I didn't know that it was the only ground battle of World War II that was fought in North America. And then I also didn't know that uh, it was uh, that the, the casualty rate at Attu, it was a really brutal battle, and that the casualty rate was exceeded only in the Pacific War at Iwo Jima. And so, I mean, the elements were there, but I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm not a war historian. Um, but when I found out that there were two men who had fought each other uh, on Attu, and one had tried to reconcile with the other's family 40 years later, uh, that's really what hooked me, uh, just the, the chance to, to tell a story of war from both sides and its lasting consequences was really uh, a pretty moving uh, story for me. My guest is Marco Massacre here on Speaking of Writers. His book is The Storm on Our Shores, One Island, Two Soldiers, and the Forgotten Battle of World War II. Let's start with that, too. When you went there, what, what is it like? Well, it's a crazy place. Uh, it's 1,500 miles west of Anchorage, so it is out there. The closest civilization, the closest civilian population is about 500 miles away. Uh, it's got some of the worst weather on Earth. There's only really eight days a year that are free of either snow or sleet or rain or fog. Uh, and it's uninhabited. Nobody has lived on Attu for at least eight years, and uh, 
nobody's landed a plane there for two years. We were the first to to set down. Although when we it was iffy to to get there, uh, we had to fly from this island called uh, Adak, which is uh, 500 miles away, and we had only a a two hour uh, weather window to get there. It's an hour and a half flight, and so we were fully prepared to fly out there and have to fly back to the uh, other island where we were prepared to wait for you know, up to a week for uh, a window in the weather. It is a really, uh, it has some of the worst weather on earth. Uh, it's a tough place for us to camp. I've got firsthand experience with that. Uh, I can't imagine fighting a war there. Mm. These two men, the Japanese medic, uh, Noburo Tatsuguchi, what was he like? Well, this was the story that really uh, grabbed me. Uh, Nobuo Tatsuguchi was born in Hiroshima, uh, but uh, was a son of uh, devout Christians, Seventh-day Adventists. And so he moved from Japan to California to go to college uh, in the Napa Valley at Pacific Union College, the Seventh-day Adventist school. And then he went to med school at Loma Linda University in Southern California and interned as a surgeon at White Memorial Hospital in Los Angeles. He loved America. He loved the big open spaces and, and, and the chaos that comes from mixing people from, from all over the world. And, and he just he loved the sense of uh, freedom. And he brought his girlfriend over from Japan and proposed to her uh, at Yosemite National Park. Uh, they got married in Los Angeles. And for their honeymoon, uh, they took off on one of the first Greyhound bus trips to Niagara Falls. I mean, what more American thing can you do in that area, especially, but honeymoon in Niagara Falls? Uh, when they return from their honeymoon, there is a note waiting for them that says that uh, his parents had died uh, while they were away on honeymoon. His brother panicked and sold one of his sisters into a brothel in Manchuria, China. And so Paul Tetsuguchi, uh, Paul was the name that he took when he had moved to the United States. Paul Tatsuguchi and his new bride uh, raced back from the United States to Tokyo to buy his sister out of a out of a brothel. And of course, when he is back in Japan, uh, that's when Pearl Harbor happens. And so he's conscripted against his will to fight for Japan against the nation he loves, the United States. And the American soldier, Dick Laird. What was Dick Laird like? Well, Dick Laird uh, grew up a really hard scrabble life. He was an Appalachian coal miner uh, who had lived in something like 10 different little towns in Ohio, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, uh, all before he was uh, 12 years old. At the age of 14, uh, he had to drop out of school to help support his family, and he started working as an underground coal miner at age 14. By age 16, uh, he was an explosives expert. At age 16, detonating coal seams underground. Um, he's getting hurt. His friends are getting hurt and killed. And finally, uh, he just decides that he can either continue this really dangerous life underground as an underground coal miner in Appalachia, or in his mind, uh, he can have a safer way out, which in his mind is joining the army. So he actually lies about his age to sign up for the army editor, uh, before he's eligible at 18, uh, because he thinks that, uh, he thinks the Army is uh, safer than, than being an underground coal miner. 
We're chatting with uh, Mark Amasek here on Speaking of Writers. His book is A Storm on Our Shores, One Island, Two Soldiers in the Forgotten Battle of World War II. So in this devastating mortar attack, uh, Dick Laird uh, makes a decision that saves him and his buddies. Uh, and, of course, unfortunately, uh, Tatsuguchi is there and, and dies. It haunted Laird for years. He rediscovered the diary, and then what happens? Well, uh, during the Battle of Attu, uh, which was U.S. generals said would take three days, but the Japanese were such tenacious fighters uh, and so smart about it that it took the United States three weeks. There was a garrison of 3,000 Japanese men who were just abandoned by their government. Uh, the island was black blockaded by U.S. forces. Uh, the Japanese were running out of food, running out of ammunition, running out of hope. And so at the end, they mount this final uh, desperate bonsai attack. Laird uh, looks up, sees that a squad of eight Japanese soldiers has captured this mortar and is spinning it back so that it doesn't point to the Japanese. They're turning it back on the Americans. Laird uh, throws a grenade and goes up and realizes that not all the squad of eight is, is dead, and he finishes that and looks all over the ground, and what he finds are two things. One is an address book that is full of names in English uh, of people from California. These are the med school classmates of Paul Tatsuguchi. He also finds this handwritten uh, document, handwritten in Japanese. Laird doesn't know what it is. He shoves it in his pocket and uh, hopes that, uh, uh, and, and, and sends it off to get translated. Uh, he hopes that it's you know some really key strategic information for the course of the war. But when it comes back from being translated, it turns out that it doesn't really have much to do with military tactics, but it's an even more powerful document because it shows that his enemy is not so much an enemy, but he's a man. And he loves his wife, and he really misses his daughters. And all the American training had been that the Japanese soldiers were these ruthless, heartless killing machines, and yet for the first time, Dick Laird sees that the enemy is not that different than he is. And so the Paul Tatsuguchi diary goes on this World War II version of going viral. It is passed from soldier to soldier um, and really changes the impression of who people are fighting. You know, in, in war, it's, it's easy to kill an enemy, but it's, it's harder to kill a man. And Laird is haunted by this has nightmares the first night the second night weeks months years later he is awarded the silver star uh the third highest u.s army honor for heroism in, in battle for what he did at atsu and yet he can't escape this feeling that he killed the wrong guy on atsu and so decades pass and finally he just wants to salve his conscience and shows up one day at the door of a woman in Los Angeles and has an awkward conversation with her, but ultimately just says, I'm the one who killed your father. Mm -hmm. And he walks away. He doesn't really know what to do. And the daughter, who is the daughter of Paul Tatsuguchi, the man who Laird had killed on Atsu, I mean, she's stunned. She had never known her father. Her mother was pregnant when... Uh, when, when Tatsuguchi got shipped out. And so she spends the next years trying to find out not only how her father died, but also how he lived. And then she decides 10 years later 
to actually meet the man who killed her father. And they go out to lunch. And it's, 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 it's cordial, but, I mean, how, how would you be if you went out to lunch with the man who killed your father? And she ultimately just goes home and realizes that this man, this American man who showed up at my door is carrying a burden. And she goes back to her own Christian faith and realizes that she is the only one who can give him peace and atonement. And she writes this remarkable letter that uh, that night it brings Dick Laird to tears. And it's the first night in years that he sleeps without nightmare. And it was just, it was so moving to me. I just think that we live in such divided times today. And I just see these people as examples of their families were enemies in war. They killed, one killed the other. And yet they were able to figure it out. They were able to to come together. And I just uh I think that uh you know these are these are these are ordinary people thrust into extraordinary circumstances and I think that they really can serve as at least for me an inspired an inspiring example of how just we as a country we, we, we can do better. You know, we have done better. And uh and, and when I see people who go through circumstances like this and emerge with strength and heart. Um, it's just really inspiring to me. Mark Omasic, what an incredible story. The Storm on Our Shores is the book, One Island, Two Soldiers in the Forgotten Battle of World War II. By the way, this uh, was featured on 60 Minutes a couple of weeks ago, too. And Mark, uh, listeners can connect with you online, too. You have a website, right? Sure, markomasic.com. It's a really difficult last name, <laughs> but it's probably easier just to look up The Storm on Our Shores. But... Uh, Sure. If any readers, it's actually been a, a really uh, rewarding thing since this book was published uh, uh, really recently. I've been contacted by the children of a lot of vets who had served on Atu, and uh, you know many people have stories to share, and uh, you know I, I love to hear them. Yeah, that's a great great story, Mark. Thank you for joining me. Thanks so much for having me. Mark Masick, the book, The Storm on Our Shores, One Island, Two Soldiers, and the Forgotten Battle of World War II. That's Speaking of Writers in Capital Region Sunday, a production of Town Square Media Albany for this week. We'll be back again next week with another edition. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve Richards.